2: Hi, I'm Carlos Soler and this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown,
3: and I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Radio Sakanov and broadcast on Sirius XM FC 157 in North America. Now, Real Madrid have been away at the Club World Cup, and there are nine games to get through from La Liga match day 17, so plenty of talking points coming up. Then in the next half hour, Barcelona close off 2018 with another clean sheet
1: victory. Roman gives us his Valverde verdict. Fans mostly base their opinions on what they see during a game, not so much on statistics. In Barcelona, it's not just about the results or the titles the way the team plays is as important and that's what he's still trying to figure out
3: Sevilla only just snatch a draw at Leganes and while Atletico beat Espanyol could there be trouble ahead in January with the potential 80 million euro sale of Lucas Hernandez to Bayern Munich Ewan has more if he goes
4: then at centre back you're left with an agent Diego Godin Mr. Injury Waiting to Happen Jose Maria Jimenez and well Stefan Savage, not all that encouraging
3: Valencia scraper win at home to bottom side Huesca Paco was at Mestalla and he is not impressed there were
1: whistles at full time and hasta los huevos was the chant from the crowd just before we have had enough is a polite way of translating it more white handkerchiefs in the stands at 1-1 and this win doesn't mask how precarious Marcelino's job has become
3: Real Sociedad sink to a fourth defeat in a row ramping up the pressure on Asier Galitano here is Alex
2: they also had the youngest squad in La Liga and I think that is showing as well there have been a lack of focus in their matches especially in the opening minutes and it feels like real leadership on the pitch is missing and there's
3: your three-word verdicts too that's all on the way but we start with news from outside La Liga <laughs> For a third year in a row, Real Madrid pick up that early Christmas present of the Club World Cup. The gold badge remains on the shirt and crucially, Santi Solari gets his first trophy as Madrid head coach. Gareth Bale netted a hat-trick inside 12 minutes either side of half-time in their semi-final against Kashima Antlers of Japan. Two of them set up by Marcelo, the other result of a defensive mix-up. 3-1 the final score. And then they beat Alain of the UAE 4-1 in the final. Luka Modric scored the opener with a superb effort from range after Lucas Vasquez had crossing Came Benzema had laid the ball off. The next two came from corners. Marcos Llorente with a rocket of a volley from the clearance and Sergio Ramos with a header. A poor marking and poor positioning from Thibaut Courtois let Alain get a goal back, but an own goal after Vinicius Junior's run down the left completed the victory for Madrid. Contrasting reactions from a couple of the goal scorers, Modric said this third consecutive Club World Cup will give us confidence and let's face it, that admittedly hasn't been exactly full and flowing this season while Marcos Llorente guarded against complacency, saying Madrid couldn't rest on the their laurels, as Santi Solari was of the opinion that Zinedine Zidane deserved to be thanked for this trophy triumph, but no doubt that this does alleviate the pressure on Solari a little bit. Well, back in Spain, Barcelona's last game of the year was against the same opponents as their first. Celto Vigo, the visitors to the camp now, they'd only won once there in the last 40 years and that wasn't about to change. Messi has that run from Alba, perfectly timed, and Messi denied, second time of asking. It's Dembélé, well the goalkeeper Ruben unable to turn aside the shot from Messi, and Dembélé on hand to make it Barcelona one, Celta so, Vigo nil. No oh, lovely pass from Jordi Alba, and there was absolutely no doubt whatsoever about Messi in the finish. But that combination again. 2-0 ended, that's how it sounded on 11 Sports in the UK. Usman Dembélé getting his seventh La Liga goal this season. Messi his 15th in as many games. The clear leader for the Pachichi. And both those goals came in the first half with head coach Ernesto Valverde admitting that Barca weren't as effective in the second 45. But since the defeat at home to Real Betis and the draw at Atletico Madrid, his side have won four straight in La Liga, all with clean sheets. The noises about them not playing enough in the Barcelona style seem to have died away a little bit. And again, Valverde has negotiated slightly choppy waters well enough. So how do we assess his 2018? Uh, Liga La Román Derquer is the man to ask about this one. Uh, so, Román, what is your verdict on what Valverde has done
1: at Barca this calendar year? If we only look at the results, there's not much negative stuff to say about him in 2018. In the 58 official games Valverde has coached this year, he's just lost five. That's less than 3% of the matches. If you add a La Liga title, a Copa del Rey and the Supercopa de España, logic says there can't be any complaints. But there can. In Barcelona, Barcelona—it's not just about the results or the titles. The way the team plays is as important, and that's what he's still trying to figure out. Fans mostly base their opinions on what they see during a game, not so much on statistics, and in many of those 58 games the team didn't dominate or play with their characteristic passing style. And among those 5 defeats, the one against Roma in the Champions League was a very tough one, or a more recent loss versus Betis where Barca were dominated at their own game. So I'd say Valverde has proved to be a very efficient coach, but he still needs to bring the team's level up a notch to actually achieve an impeccable calendar year.
3: And looking ahead, Roman, a few things to sort out. Uh, Jordi Alba's contract situation, obviously fighting for three trophies and keeping his entire squad happy. So what do you think Valverde can improve on in 2019?
1: The way the team plays isn't very consistent yet. These last few games against Celta Levante or Espanyol, we've perceived an improvement, but it's unknown whether the team will go back to struggling again or keep getting better. There are some defensive issues to solve since that 5-4 defeat versus Levante at the end of last season. The midfield needs to regain its essence and importance in Barcelona's tactics. We can't always depend on Messi to patch up all our shortcomings. But I think there is one thing that would make the fans definitely fall for Valverde in a positive sense, and that's the Champions League, no doubt. Coaches and players get great importance to a league because it's all about consistency, but fans are mad about the Champions League, or at least that's the feeling here in Catalunya. It's such a prestigious and desired title that winning it would make people care a little Less about the style, at least for a while.
3: So there you go, and you know what you need to do. Cheers for that, Roman. This was our chosen game for Partias Predictions on YouTube. A video we do every Friday ahead of the La Liga weekend. Uh, no one got the scoreline spot on, but three of us did predict the boss would win, so those add a point to their tallies. Here are the overall standings. Pakopolit moves up to 15 points, Ewan McTear stays on 13. I'm into double figures with 10, Roman is up to nine, and Alex Johnson remains on seven points. <laughs> It was back to old-school Atletico Madrid on Saturday afternoon. They got their first 1-0 win in La Liga in two and a half months against Espanyol in a game dominated by two duels. At one end of the pitch, while Iglesias against Jan Oblak and at the other, Antoine Griezmann versus Diego López. Well, the keepers were winning those battles until Griezmann eventually beat Diego López from 12 yards out after Esteban Granero had upended Coque in the box, the penalty emphatically dispatched into the roof of the net. Atletico successfully defended that lead, meaning their home record in all competitions now reads as follows played 13 won 11 drawn 2 lost none they've also kept 9 clean sheets in those games including the last 4 4 Fortress Wanda Metropolitano. Well, overall, 2018 has been a decent year for Diego Simeone's side, recovering from dropping out of their Champions League group last season by winning the Europa League and also picking up the UEFA Super Cup in the most satisfying way in extra time against Real Madrid. But there are dangers on the horizon, and I don't just mean Juventus in the European Cup round of 16. It's not long until the January transfer window opens when Bayern Munich could offer €80 million Euros to pay the release clause of Lucas Hernandez. And Oblak still hasn't signed a new deal at the Wanda either, He's available at 100 million euros. Ewan McTier knows the Atleti story better than most. He's our man in Madrid. Um, Ewan, how much of a blow would it be to lose one or both of those players? And how much ultimately do they need to maintain their momentum with squad building and silverware to keep one other key figure at the club, Simeone himself, happy?
4: It would definitely be a massive blow to lose any of their star players. Speaking to Atleti fans, they viewed Antoine Griezmann's summer decision to stay as a turning point for the club. It seemed then that Atletico was no longer a stepping stone club but losing O Black and or Lucas would make it feel like one again. With O Black, I still think 100 million euros will be viewed as too much for a goalkeeper by many clubs. But 80 million for Lucas Hernandez, who's only 22, who's won the World Cup as a left back, and who is even better at centre back, well that's the kind of bargain you expect to find in the January sales. I genuinely think he's been one of the best players in 2018. He's been so important for Atletico. If he goes, then at centre back you're left with an aging Diego Godin, Mr. Injury Waiting to Happen Jose Maria Jimenez, and, well, Stefan Savage. Not all that encouraging You're right when you talk about the need To keep up momentum And to keep Simeone happy And by keeping a hold of the club's best players Atletico can do that
3: Cheers for that Ewan Uh, So what New Year's resolutions do Atleti fans have? Uh, Here are a couple of them for you Hola, it's Nils from Pena Rocco y Blanco I really wish that Atletico uh, Can make Lucas stay in the winter market And renew Oblux
4: contract and get a striker win like uh, Maxi Gomez or Cavani or Stuani. They really need to resurrect their away form, which is the most important. And if
3: they can manage to do all this, and should be really, really very scared.
2: Hola, I'm Catherine Wiley from Glasgow and a Rocky Blanca at heart. My dream for the magnificent Atletico de Madrid is to reach the Champions League final in 2019 and, of course, lift the trophy in the end.
3: So Barcelona won, Atletico won. Could Sevilla also finish off 2018 with a victory? Uh, no, afraid not. In fact, they only just escaped with a point from their trip to Butarque. Leganes out of the traps, lightning quick, with Alan Nyom standing up across for Mikel Besga to head past Thomas Vachalic for 1-0 inside five minutes. Already deprived of Eber Banega and Pablo Saravia, well Sevilla then lost Franco Vasquez, given a red card at half-time for protesting to and insulting the referee, and things looked to be going sour. But in stoppage time, Roque Mesa crossed into the box, the Lega back line stood still, and Wilson Benyera nodded home their equaliser. Relief for Sevilla to get something out of the game after a bad display by their standards, but Lega gutted to drop two vital points. Yes, their unbeaten run might have stretched to nine games in all competitions, but it could and should have been a win instead of a draw. Mauricio Pellegrino called the result bittersweet, as a result but praised his side for a good first half for being good defensively and for not giving Sevilla too many options to score aside the goal itself. For Pablo Machin well he said his Sevilla side couldn't allow themselves the luxury of a player who is irresponsible and harms the team referring to Elmudo Vasquez getting himself sent off. And check this out at home they've won the last 10 games in all competitions but they've only got one victory in nine away. Very Jekyll and Hyde. As for Sevilla's cross-city rivals Raul Betis were involved in an entertaining game at the Estadio Benito Villamarín against Eibar, which finished one apiece. Now, the visitors had a lot of chances in this game, but it was the hosts who went ahead. Christian Tello with the centre from the left, Tony Sanabria with a miscue from a couple of yards out, but it was against his own body, so it went in anyway. Sergio Reach then wasted a glorious opportunity. Kike Garcia was denied by Paulo Lopez before Ivan Rames was pulled down by Zu Fedal, who was on for the injured Sydney. So penalty given to Eibar and scored just by Fabian Orellana. At the ball squirming under Paulo Lopez his body. Uh, Eibar boss Jose Luis Mendilibar was sent to the stands after protesting to the referee about a possible red card for Giovanni Los Celso which wasn't given. He didn't do the post-match press conference. Instead it was his assistant Andoni Ascargorta, who said that Eibar were left with the feeling that they could have won the game with the two or three clear chances that they had. Whereas Betis goalscorer scorer Doni said the feeling was bittersweet for them that he thought that they could have taken the points. Uh, in any case Betis finished 2018 in 6th 13th. That's it for part one of this Aliguladan mini pod. In part two, we'll look at the two big Basque sides who are still towards the wrong end of the table and how that relegation battle is looking. We're back in a couple of ticks.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: Welcome back to this Ali Down mini-pod with Ray Sikhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Still plenty to get through with five more games of Match Day 17 in Spain's top division to reflect upon. Uh, let's start off now at Estadio Anueta, uh, where Real Sociedad have been struggling big time, despite giving the place a bit of a sprucing up over the summer. Uh, the latest setback could defeat Alaves by a single goal to nil in one of the Friday night games. It was Jonathan Cayeri who netted the winner early on, have Aston attacking down the left, clipping a ball into the far post out jumping to Hernández and heading it past Miguel Ángel Moyá. It is Gaeli's fourth La Liga goal of the season, the last three of which have been decisive. Uh, Miguel Oyarzabal missed with a glance teller towards the end, and the result means that La Real end 2018 with a real slump in form. Four straight defeats, all by a single goal, putting the pressure on Acer Garitano, who only took over the job in the summer. Uh, let's talk to our lady in the north of Spain, Alex Johnson. Uh, Alex, what have the main challenges been, and how come Garitano hasn't made it work with such a talented
2: at his disposal. Well, David, i say that Garitano have been a bit unlucky in the sense that Real Sociedad have had a lot of injuries this season and they've not been able to really find any regularity in the team in the way he wants them to play, etc., But then there has also been some things that are just unacceptable, like their star players who should be carrying this team have been making a lot of easy mistakes. They also have the youngest squad in La Liga and I think that is showing as well. There have been a lack of focus in their matches, especially in the opening minutes and it feels like real leadership on the pitch is missing. Sabi Prieto is missing. This is the first time since 2003 that the Real Sociedad do not have Prieto and we now see just how important he was. who is the new captain have just not been showing the right attitude and he's reflecting on the entire team. In San Sebastián they still believe that Caritano is the right man for the job but he has a lot to improve.
3: And just briefly on Alavés, fifth in La Liga, one of the feel-good stories of 2018. Abelardo doing so well with not a huge amount to work with. So what have been the secrets to their success and can they keep it up
2: in 2019? First of all, It's the structure. The way they defend as a team, high pressing, the right type of pressing, not letting their opponents rest, and more than anything, the attitude of the team. Deportivo Alaves never stop. The majority of their goals this season have been scored in the last 10 minutes of the matches or on extra time. The way that Abelardo has got his players to never give up it's the main secret behind what they are doing. But it is exhausting. I have a hard time seeing them be able to keep this up for an entire season.
3: Thanks, Alex. From San Sebastián to Bilbao, where Athletic Club fought out a 1-1 draw at home to Real Valladolid. The hosts taking the lead through the cheekiest of penalties from Ariz Sadariz after Kiko Olivas had handled Iker Munien's shot. No run-up whatsoever from the 37-year-old. He simply pivoted back off his standing leg one step forward and then side-footed past Jordi Masip. Unique and Ballsley and that after a Panenka penalty to beat Girona a couple of weeks ago also at Samames. The but dominated the second half they got their reward deep into stoppage time another talking point here as Oscar Plano looked offside when he crashed the ball in at Yago Errins near post Athletic midfielder Dani Garcia was off the pitch having tried to clear the attack but according to the laws of the game that player is counted as being on the field of play it is one win and two draws then for Gaisca Garidano, who was philosophical about the late equaliser saying it was tough flow to take and that they were upset but that the sun would come up again tomorrow. Uh, still, they'll be without Raul Garcia and Yare Alvarez in their next game at Celta. Both are suspended and for Valladolid it is another little step towards survival. Boss González said that they finished an incredible year with a flourish. From the Basque country to Catalunya, where it finished Girona, one Getafe, one. Both sides should have gone ahead in the first half. Jorge Molina for the visitors at Porto not having one but two bites of the cherry went through on goal for the hosts. So no goals in the opening out. Hour, but they would eventually come Antunes streams forward
0: Antunes for the far post it's Angel! tremendously worked goal what a finish sweet as you like from Anko Rodriguez plenty of red shirts in that box to aim at here it is floated into the area and it's in it's Espinosa this time the header does go in second fight and the cherry for Bernardo tonight and this time Soria couldn't get the club on the ball and Girona had the superb, Porto then had a superb
3: headed chance to win it, but it flew wide. El Sobio said he was pleased with the way that the team reacted when a goal down, Girona showing their intensity, those balls into the box, were a nightmare to deal with. It's a style that they always perfected last season under Pablo Machin. Getafe lost to Fenergene with an injury to his right ankle after he was stepped on by his own teammate, Mauro Arambari, and although they still haven't won at Montilivi, well, coach Pepe Bordalas said that he was struck by the work rate of his side, that they gave absolutely everything at a venue that they know is difficult for them. Still, 25 points from 17 games is a second-best tally at this point in La Liga season. They are seventh and you're on a ninth. Not bad at all. Life is never dull at Valencia, is it? You're at home to the bottom side, who are, let's face it, pretty poor, so you think it's a safe three points. But not this season. That's despite Valencia taking the lead through Dani Parejo after a lovely move involving Santi Mina, Rodrigo and Denis Chereshev, but a slightly clumsy foul from Carlos Solero on Cucho Hernández, who needed no invitation to go down, led to a penalty which the Colombians slotted home, sending Neto the wrong way. A time was ticking away. The natives were getting restless. Have a listen. <laughs> Marcelino dimission, Marcelino resign, ringing out around the ground more chances followed but in a frantic finish with added time already up, Cristiano Piccini of all people fired home to deny Huesca a precious point in their survival battle and give Valencia all three two on the final score, La Liga Downs, back of Olits reports from Mestaya.
1: Don't let the relief of the fans fool you here Valencia only just got away with this, Pizzini's winner came after Samuel Elongo didn't get a debatable penalty and the Pete Ferredo clipped the crossbar for Huesca. There were whistles at full time and hasta los huevos was the chant from the crowd just before. We have had enough, is a polite way of translating it. More white handkerchiefs in the stands at 1-1 and this win doesn't mask how precarious Marcelino's job has become. After last season's impressive displays, Valencia are still very much below par. The result was what they needed but they didn't deserve it and performances simply need to
3: improve in the new year. Thanks Paco and they were fascinating defiant comments from Marcelino afterwards he said is the coach always to blame at Valencia in the last few years has changing the coach changed things the club will take what it thinks is the right decisions if it thinks that the work of the coaching staff isn't good enough and we will accept it well Valencia remain one of the teams with the fewest goals in the division 15 same as Wesker themselves and yet they're now up to 8th and only 4 points off Europa League funny old season isn't it so anyway, the fans, you heard they're from up, Ecstasy at winning, but huge frustration at the general situation. Let's hear how they're feeling about 2019 and that transfer window opening. I would definitely make a priority to sign someone to compete with Piccini at right back. The other priority is obviously the forwards. You need someone else to come in and really compete and really score goals for the team
4: and probably get rid of Batsoie at this point. For me, the last position would probably be the left or right midfielder. I know we have a few players like Chedi Sev, Guedes, Ferran and Soler and even Kagan Lee who can play those positions but Chedi Sev and Guedes have been injured for uh, quite a few weeks throughout this first half of the season so I think maybe we get one player who is both good defensively and on attack would be a solid pickup as well.
3: Now it's worth reflecting the Wesker side of things as well because it feels like they've walked under several ladders and broken several mirrors in the last few months. They've had rotten luck despite playing well and absolutely deserved more from their trip to Mestalla. Here's what their head coach Francisco said, after losing a game like that you start losing the will. It's affected me it's been the same for many many weeks now we have to sit down and work out what happens next. Well the facts are stark, Huesca have 8 points after 17 games and they are another 8 points from safety and it could be more before they play their first game of 2019. And that's not helped by the fact that Rayo Vallecano managed to breathe new life into their survival hopes as they beat Levante 2-1 at Vallecas. Alex Moreno with the superb trickery and footwork to get away from Jose Luis Morales and Coque and then drilling a low centre into the box which Toño could only divert into his own net the equaliser came on the hour though Ruben Rochina side footing the ball home smartly after Morales had cut it back from the byline only for Rayo to go back in front seven minutes later. Alex Moreno this time the creator with another dangerous ball into the centre parried by Oyer straight into the path of Raul de Tomas who made no mistake it's his fifth La Liga goal and all have been at Vallecas. Such a vital three points for Rayo with boss Michel saying a switch to a five man defence helped because he got the best out of Alex Moreno while Levante coach Paco López said that they need to improve pressuring high and being aggressive and the odd clean sheet wouldn't go a miss either. 32 goals conceded is the joint second worst in La Liga behind Wesker and level with Rayo so this is how the table looks after match day 17 in La Liga Barcelona top on 37 points Atletico second on 34 Sevilla third on 32 Real Madrid fourth on 29 but having played a game fewer Alaves fifth Betis sixth at the bottom Huesca have eight points then you have Real second bottom on 13 points Villarreal third bottom on 15 but from 16 games and just outside the relegation zone Atletico on 16 Leganes and Real Sociedad have 19 let's get to your three word verdicts then from match day 17 thank you for sending them to to us on Twitter Charlie Barca went for Messi being messy. Johnny Green says Marcelino hanging on uh, this from El Sol Español a Puccini Peach uh, Richard Cosmada's verdict Vadalith big hearts a uh, back only needs two words it would appear Rayo finally uh, one of three entries from Der Ballreiter was seeing through fog yeah loads of fog and La Liga Gav simply says roll on 2019 and so say all of us well that's just about it for this mini pod but before we go quick heads up about the rest of our content on other platforms we'll still be on Twitter over the break so make sure you check in if you need your fix of Spanish football we are at LaLigaLowdown on Twitter there's our YouTube channel which you can find at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash LaLigaLowdown or just put LaLigaLowdown into your search engine and there's also our website for all of our content in one place that's www.LaligaLowdown.com and don't forget to be amazing and rate this podcast 5 out of 5 stars if you'd be so kind we would be forever grateful from all of us have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year that's your LaLigaLowdown see you next time
1: this was a Radio Stakhanov production. Cardiff production.